0: You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's our topic this morning. In the part of India where I am from, the Christians are called Vedakaranga. Vedakaranga means Bible bearers. Bible bearers. When they go to church, Uh, every Sunday morning, they take their Bible, kept it on their chest and they walk straight to the church. As a child, I had to carry my Bible and also a hymn book to the church. Sunday morning if you stand at a corner and see people go to church carrying their Bible. So Christians were called Bible bearers. I think that's probably the case here the name given by the locals vedakaranga are bible bearers people who hold the bible they gave it not to defame them or disrespect them but they gave this name to give them respect this is given with respect in fact these vedakaranga are uh, bible bearers are well Received by the community. Most of them f- were laborers, daily laborers, and they were the choicest laborers by the employers. Employers would love to hire these laborers, Christian laborers. Why? Because they are hard workers, they don't murmur, they don't uh, say lie. They are truthful. So they love to hire these Bible bearers. Now, they added, these Bible bearers added taste in the society. They were highly respected. I don't know what is the situation now, but I had to say 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when I was growing up in that situation, I could see that Christians were well respected because of their honesty. They were also quickly available for any good work. They are there. A neighbor is sick, a Christian will immediately jump out and go and take him to the hospital. They were visible, they were known for their good works. So in our meditation this morning, we are going to ask this question, what it means to be the salt of the earth and what it means to be the light of the world. Two great metaphors, light and salt. They are important elements in our life on this earth. Romans' famous saying goes like this, There is nothing more valuable than sun and salt. There is nothing more valuable than uh, sun and salt. So two important metaphors. I will first go with the salt and then we will go with the light and then we will look at what Jesus is trying to tell us from this passage. Salt. We have heard enough sermons on this particular topic, so I'm not going to go uh, and see many things in this particular metaphor. Two things come very powerfully. Number one, salt is used for preservation. Of course, nowadays we have our own refrigerators and our own ways of preserving things. But in those days, if you catch a fish, you have to put it in a salt box. If you have meat, then it has to be kept in salt, Uh, it will keep you from decay. It will keep uh, the things from decay. And uh, of course, the second reason why we use salt, which we do it very much in our time, is flavor. It gives you taste. I don't think any food can be made without salt. Salt adds taste. Scholars are also coming up with many, many interpretations about this salt. Salt is pure. It is uh, made out of uh, sun and sea water. It's pure. So Christians ought to live a pure life, one of the interpretations. Another interpretation is um, you have to preserve the moral life on this earth. If you don't preserve moral life on this earth, the moral life will decay. That's another interpretation. Another interpretation is again interesting as you put salt on the open wound, open wound. That will burn your skin or that will burn your uh, wound. So Christians ought to rebuke, ought to uh, talk about the coming judgment. That's another interpretation. I don't know whether we can take that. Let's move on. Another interpretation is when you eat salt, you will be thirsty. So you have to inculcate in people, you have to bring uh, thirsty for God's word. I don't think that is also a right interpretation. But what is very powerfully coming out of this passage is adding flavor, taste. We are here in this world to give taste to the society. Salt is not used in big quantity, a small quantity. And when you use it, you cannot see it. This is how Christians ought to add flavor in the society and they are nowhere seen. But the life is enjoyable, the life is worth living. Now, how to add flavor in uh, our society, how to add flavor in our family life? Many, many examples are given. I will quickly say one or, uh, I will see four of them. Number one, we ought to respect everyone. Everyone is created in the image of God and we need to give the due dignity and respect to everyone. Secondly, what I think important is we need to start conversation among uh, conversation with the people out there and build a relationship. And thirdly, you need to be listening and being available for every work that is uh, there in the society. Don't think about yourself, but think about others. And finally, be vulnerable, be ready for any uh, uh, work. People can trust you um, uh, when, when, uh, when you have some, uh, when they have some work, uh, they should trust you. In other words, the thing that you do little, little, matters here. The little things that you do, that brings tasty. That transforms the food. So the little things don't forget to do it. The little things don't forget to do it. Mother Teresa very beautifully said this, which I always quote, i quoted it before. You never know what a simple smile can do. You never know what a simple smile can do. The little things matters. In a graduating uh, class, the graduation speakers spoke to them. And he said, there are three kinds of people in this world. One group of people, they don't do their work. They don't do their work at all. They never bothered to do their work. Second group of people, They do only their work, morning 5 to 5, sorry, morning 9 to 5, that's it, no more extra. Uh, We have been asked to do this work, I will do only this work, 9 to 5, enough. But a third group of people, they do their work and they do little more. They do their work and they do little more, the little more wins. The little more wins. We are here in this world to add that flavor, the little more. Are you a salt to your society? Are you adding flavor in your own family? The question we all need to be asking, what is light? Light of the world. Light we use all the time. Um, But we don't look at the light. Through light we see the way. Through light we see other things. You know, we clean up the window. We don't clean up the window to see the window, but we see, we, we clean up the window to see outside. A similar thing. The light is there so that others can follow, so that a way can be shown. Now you are the light of the world. Jesus is not saying Torah. Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Torah is the light of the world. Jesus is not saying that. Jesus is not saying that Israel. Uh, of course, we will come to that a little later. Jesus is not saying that Jerusalem is the light of the world. Jesus is not saying that temple is the light of the world. Jesus is not saying that the church is the light of the world. Jesus is saying that you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. In the Old Testament, God said, uh, in fact, God called Israel to be the light of the world. They ought to be the light of the world. It is just, you know, when... When they were called to be the light of the world. It is not just to show the evil around them. It is also to show the way forward, the way forward. Israel should live an exemplary life. Israel should know for its justice. Israel should know for all their good works so that others will follow. They are the light of the world. But they desperately failed. They failed. Now. Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. You need to be knowing for all the good works. This quotation I have already used in the church, the only thing necessary for the uh, triumph of evil is the good people to do nothing. In other words, if we don't shine, if we don't do good works, it deprives. Uh, uh, the light around us. It deprives uh, the good work around us. That means the light around us. So Jesus is saying that let your light shine. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So you are the salt of the earth to give taste to the society. You are the light of the world. You shine in this world so that others can see the good works and follow. Now, this is a very interesting uh, two statements. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Jesus is not saying you can be salt of the earth. Jesus is not saying that. Jesus is not saying that you might be the light of the world. Jesus is also not saying you can choose to be uh, the light of the world. No, you are already. You are already the salt of the earth. You are already the light of the earth. The point here is Jesus is giving a warning. The warning is you can become saltless. You can. Hide your light. You may hide your light. You may become uh, saltless. So he is giving warning in this uh, passage. During my missionary days, uh, way back in ninety one, I think we uh, some of our mission, uh, we colleagues, the missionaries some of the uh, missionaries we went to. Uh, visit a mission field. This mission field is a very unique mission field. It's all because um, a tribe called Bonda, Bonda tribe lives there and they are semi-naked. Government has got a lot of restrictions uh, for us to reach them. But people go and meet even, uh, we could go and meet with these Bonda tribes. Semi-naked, they don't cover their upper body. Uh, The missionary organization where I worked, they placed a missionary couple there and they have been working there for more than 15 years, but no fruit. No, uh, uh, not even one baptism, uh, And he has been there and he and his wife have been there for a long time. More than 15 years I think. So we missionaries uh, went to that place. Uh, This particular mission station is uh, on the foot of the hill and uh, the people live in the mountain, it's not very far. But there's a small village where this missionary was staying and this senior missionary was going with us and we got down from the bus and we were walking in the village and we were totally surprised that no one greeted this missionary. The senior missionary who has been there for 15 years, nobody said hello to him. Not he said to anyone hello to him, uh, hello to them. It was a surprising one to all of us. In other words, all 15 years a little more than 15 years the missionary stayed in his house this is possible Uh, fortunately he retired and uh, they put a new missionary new couple uh, with uh, um, good uh, good training and he brought marvelous change in that region we can hide the light we can choose not to show the light. We can become saltless by not adding flavor. I want to uh, bring uh, 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 my meditation uh, to the end by two illustrations. David Brooks wrote a beautiful book called The Road to Character. The Road to Character, some of you might have read in this book, he's talking about two um, characters. One is big me, and another is the summoned self. Big me uh, is one group, and another group is summoned self. The big me will always look at him. You know, that's, that's the kind of a world we live. What is my right? What should I get? I should have my right. You know, you have to go and grab it. This is your right. That's the kind of a a big me. Everything should center around me. I am important and uh, uh, what will make me comfortable. This is a kind of a big me. Uh, I still remember uh, one of the teachers, who taught uh, our son, said this, you know, when I come to this school, I find it very difficult because the cars around this school is simply honking. Whenever they honk, they simply say to me that, me, me, me. Me, me, me. Pushing ourselves forward. The big me. And Robert Brooks says, such kind of a people don't make any difference in this world. In fact, they don't add any taste to this world. Summoned self, the summoned self is always available. They always ask this question, what are my circumstances asking me to do? What should I do so that the life can be uh, interesting? the one who is readily available, the one who is vulnerable, the one who is more than willing to spend time uh, looking forward, listening, and understanding the society. Which one do I belong to? Am I in the group of summoned self or I am in the group of big me? Martin Luther King, in his letter from Birmingham uh, jail describes about uh, two kinds of Christians. One kind of Christian he called them thermometer Christians. Thermometer Christians means uh, the mercury goes up and down. The mercury goes up and down according to the temperature. It doesn't stay stable. Uh, This kind of Christians are the Christians who change their colors according to the situation. They don't stand firm, and uh, they are not going to move the mountains. The other group of Christians, according to him, is thermostat Christians. They keep the temperature um, on, stable, and we ought to be thermostat Christians what it means to be the salt of the earth, what it means to be the light of the world, participating in the life and giving taste to the life over there. Let our neighborhood, let the people who live our neighborhood taste and see that the life is worth living. May the dear Lord bless us all, amen.